Welcome to the Power of Words podcast. I'm your host, Eleanor Strong, and you might know me from my work helping coaches and service providers to write amazing content to attract clients through social media. Here on the podcast, I talk about the power of words to grow your business and to change the results you're getting in all areas of your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover, you can contact me at eleanorstrong.com slash podcast or message me on Facebook. Welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to do something a little bit different today. I realized that I spend so much time talking to people about how to say things, and there's actually a category of things in your life and in your business that you really don't have to worry about as much because the best decision is to say nothing. And so I thought that would be an interesting twist for today's episode is to just explore some situations where it really isn't necessary to say anything, or maybe you're going to say very, very little. And um, really the purpose of this episode is to just give people some relief. (laughs) Um, If you're the kind of person that I am where you often worry about what to say and how to say it because you're very conscientious, right? You want things to go well um, for yourself and for other people. And you want to, you know, you care about other human beings and you want to make sure that you're um, being a good person and fulfilling your obligations to other people. That's who I'm really targeting with this episode is to give you some relief, to have have you take some things off your plate, perhaps, in your life where you just don't have to worry as much about how to say something because it's really best to say nothing. So I was thinking about what kinds of things I wanted to include in this episode. And, you know, I was going to break this down into, you know, types of things that you might say, but I realized that was getting really unwieldy as I was trying to categorize the things and break them down. And it was just becoming a really, really long list So I decided to simplify it and actually put it into three categories, you know, three types of situations. Um, And I think it's a really good guide. If you think about these three things, you can sort of figure out, hey, is this a situation where I really don't have to worry about what to say? So if we look at what are these three things, these three situations, um, one type of situation has to do with the status of the relationship, and one is about the behavior of the person you're dealing with, and one is about your interior state. Um, So those are the situations that I'm going to try to break down today. So the three kinds of situations where you usually don't need to say anything or say much at all are number one, when you don't have a relationship with someone, that's, that's the one about relationship status. 
And number two is when you don't have a constructive goal for saying something or you don't know what your goal is. That's the one that's about your interior state. And the third is when the person you're dealing with is not acting like an adult. And that's the one, of course, that is about the behavior of the person you're dealing with. And in my experience, number one and number three are sort of easier to recognize. And number two is a little trickier because number one and number three are more about the the other person, right? And number two is more about yourself and your motivations. And so you kind of have to examine yourself for for that one. And that can be a tricky thing to do to assess your own motivations. But I'm going to try to break these three things down and just give some examples. And my hope is that the examples will sort of get you started with thinking about, um, you know, similar situations in your own life where you don't have to worry about saying something. And of course, if you want to contact me and let me know what you thought of this episode, or if you thought of some other examples, other categories where um, people don't need to worry about saying anything, that would be great. You know, of course, I'd be happy to hear your thoughts. So um, let's just dive in. The first one is pretty basic, but it really does cut out and free you from a lot of situations where you don't need to say anything. So that's when you don't have a relationship with someone. So that could be someone that you never had a relationship with. It could be someone you used to have a relationship with, but you don't anymore. Um, It could be someone that you know a little bit, um, like you've met them once or twice but it can't really be called a relationship yet because you've only had a couple of interactions. Um, usually in, in those situations, when there's really no relationship there, you often do not need to say anything. So these are some really, it, it almost sounds obvious as I think about listing these things out, but I know that there are things I've struggled with, and I've had other smart, conscientious people tell me that they struggle with them too. So an example, someone you don't have a relationship with at all, you've never had a relationship with them, is random strangers on the internet, like telling random strangers that what they're doing is not effective, for example. Um, I remember one time there was somebody in my business Facebook group, um, the organic high ticket sales group that I run on Facebook. Um, somebody posted in there that it was like a name and shame kind of thing that somebody had sent him a friend request, somebody he didn't know. And he thought that that was a terrible tactic. Um, and it was actually, one of my clients who had friend requested him because that's something that we do. That's something that I do and that I 
share with my clients as a strategy for how to um, grow their online audience. And, you know, this was a situation where if he didn't like the friend request, um, there was no need to say anything about it. Certainly there was no need to name and shame the person, you know, put a screenshot of it in a Facebook group with 8,000 people. Um, that's a pretty obvious example, maybe, but even privately, I know that I used to get sort of reactive when people would use tactics on me that I considered bad or ineffective. I would feel the need to tell them that, you know, to tell them that I didn't that I didn't consider it effective or that they shouldn't be doing it. They shouldn't be messaging, cold messaging people or saying things in certain ways. And, um, you know, now I'm kind of looking back and seeing, I could have saved myself a lot of grief because I'm, I just wasn't required to say that, <laughs> to let those people know that what they're doing isn't effective. And really that's just my opinion, you know, as and it's my experience as to what I've found to be effective, but there could be a way that it is effective or it could get results for certain people. So um, I came to a point where I just realized that not only was it not my responsibility to tell people they're ineffective, but that actually that was only my experience and it might not be theirs. Um, another example is someone that you've maybe met once or twice, but you don't have a relationship really with them. And, um, I remember stressing out about this at one point where, um, for example, someone I had dated once or twice, um, I remember stressing out about how was I going to tell this person that they did something that I didn't like or that upset me or whatever the case may be. And I had a friend who was really helpful to me when um, this situation came up and she was just like, you know, you don't owe this person an explanation at all. You know, you only met them twice and you don't have to describe what it was that you didn't like. Or, you know, she said, you just don't have to put that kind of pressure on yourself. Um, all you have to do is if they ask you to get together again, you can just decline politely. And it was just such an amazing thing to realize that. And I don't know why I didn't think of it at the time, but maybe it's the idea of conscientiousness where those of us who have that attribute highly just feel a need to um, to close all loops or to verbalize everything that, that goes through our heads to provide other people with closure. I'm sure there are many, many reasons. But it was so great to realize that I didn't need to explain to this person what what they did that was upsetting to me or that I didn't like because I wasn't going to see them again anyway. You know, what would be the point? And this is another good one. Um, someone that you used to have a relationship with, but you no longer do. And the most obvious example that came up for me was when your 
kind of leaving a relationship or ending a relationship. Um, kind of a silly example is when somebody is leaving an online community, like let's say a Facebook group. Some people do this thing where they basically announce their departure. They make a post saying all the things they didn't like about the group and that's why they're leaving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, no need to announce why you're leaving. You can just leave. And um so that's kind of a an obvious example, sort of an extreme example, but I think it really does apply in other situations too, like when you are ending a business relationship or Maybe you have to let an employee go, or maybe you're ending a romantic relationship, um, or a personal relationship, friendship, what have you. Um, it's not that you should, of course, ghost someone. That's that's not what I'm saying, but you can say very little. You can just say one sentence, like, this isn't working out, <laughs> or I don't think we're a match, or something that's, you know, a handful of words, basically. Um, that's really, I think, all that's needed in a vast, vast majority of these situations when you're ending a relationship because it's not working out. Um, I was also thinking, too, that a lot of the times with these kinds of things, um, you've hopefully shared along the way with this person what some of the challenges were or some of the things that you found difficult about the relationship or how it was going. So, you know, because that's who I think listens to my stuff and reads my stuff is people who are really reasonable people who handle things in a very mature way. So, Hopefully you tried to raise your concerns, and if you're ending the relationship anyway, then you don't really need to say much else, because they've, they've already heard from you what the concerns were. Um, so those are my thoughts on when you don't have a relationship with someone, when, you know, why it is that you don't really need to share much with, or, you know, if anything, with some of these people in these situations. And it's worth reflecting on why you feel that you need to share with them. I think there should be a really compelling reason to say more than a few words in any of these situations. And the reason should be a constructive goal. At least that's what is helpful to me in my thinking. So that leads me to the second category of situations where it's probably better to say nothing at all. Um, and that, of course, is when you don't have a constructive goal um, or you just, you have no goal. You don't know what your goal is. You're just sort of being, being reactive. So this is the one that's really, really tough. Or should I say tougher than the other two categories? Because you have to be really aware of yourself and you have to be in a non-reactive state where you can really 
slow down your thinking and actually be able to take an honest look at yourself and your motivations. And that can be really difficult in highly charged situations. So that's where having a practice to actually quiet yourself um, can be really, really helpful. For me, that's prayer and, you know, connecting to God and remembering where I come from and where I'm going to. That can really help with actually calming the anxiety that has me wanting to communicate in a reactive way from a reactive place. So I have a ton of examples for this one. Um, situations where you don't know what your goal is or you don't have a constructive goal, yet you find yourself saying things. And a lot of the times, if you don't have a clear goal, it's better to say nothing. Um, I thought of a few things that happened to me in my business. So I've been in business as a communication and marketing consultant for almost eight years. And there have been some crazy things that have happened in that time. You know, anybody who's been in business for themselves has, um, you know, a litany of crazy stories, I'm sure. Um, but just as an example, I was thinking about a few clients who came to me over the course of my eight years in business who, you know, just sent me an email or a text or some kind of communication after we had worked together saying, hey, I just wanted you to know that your methods didn't work for me. You know, they just didn't work. And I remember always kind of scratching my head at that because I was like, why are you saying this to me? You know, um, they weren't asking for anything. Um, they weren't saying, Hey, can you, can you help me see why it didn't work? Or can you help me take a look at this or whatever the case may be, right? It was like, there was that absence of a goal in their communication right? It was almost like they, they had this problem and they wanted to just dump the problem on me and run away so that they could somehow feel like it wasn't their problem anymore. And uh, that was my perception of it anyway. So that's a really good example of, I just didn't see a clear goal in, in what they were asking. It wasn't constructive it wasn't really asking at all. It was just telling, right? Um, another example is I've seen a lot of interesting behavior in the Facebook group that I started for my business. And I've seen people be really unkind to each other in that group on occasion. And um, in particular, I have seen people tell other people that they have crappy tactics or that their writing isn't good or, you know, things that it's really obvious to me are just very unkind. I'm like, why would you say something like that? But um, I've challenged some of those folks on why they felt the need to say those things. Um, like if you're telling someone in this group that they have crappy marketing tactics, why, why are you saying that? 
And the response I've gotten from people is, well, I'm just being honest, or I was just letting them know. And um, I kind of scratched my head at that one, because to me, being honest doesn't require saying whatever pops into your head and saying it out loud. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not what honest means. Honest means that you're telling the truth instead of a lie. That's that's how I think of it anyway. But saying nothing isn't dishonest. It's just saying nothing. I mean, there may be cases where saying nothing could be construed as dishonest. I'm sure that there are, especially in the court system, um, the criminal justice system. Um, but as a general rule in day-to-day -day life, Honesty doesn't require saying whatever pops into your head. It's possible to see that somebody has a crappy tactic, in, in your opinion, crappy tactic, and not tell them so. Um, other people in my group have said things to me like, I just want to let you know that I don't like your emails. I'm unsubscribing from your email list because, you know... I'm disappointed that they're the same type of content that you share on Facebook. You know, I don't like that. <laughs> and again, it's like, well, what do they expect or what's the goal there, right, of, of telling me that? Um, obviously, there are a lot of people who like the fact that it's the same type of content that I share on Facebook because that's, that's why they sign up, because they like what I share on Facebook, and they want more of it via email. But um, it's, it's just interesting, especially the fact that, you know, they're, they're not leaving any opening, even if they did expect me to d expect or hope for me to make some kind of change because of their displeasure. Um, they're not allowing the opening for that to happen because they've already decided to leave. So really, what is the goal there? Um, I don't see that they have one. So another thing, another situation where um, you don't have a constructive goal or maybe you don't have any goal is when you're when you disagree with someone um i was thinking about this one and obviously it's so broad there are so many things that you could disagree with someone about whether it's um their handling of the public health situation in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 um that's obviously really top of mind for a lot of people right now and i know that there are a lot of disagreements over things related to the public health situation, but there are so many other things, obviously, politics, religion, other big, serious topics like that, but even, even smaller things like disagreements over how to live our lives or how to run our businesses or what, whatever the case may be. Um, it's just it's often not necessary to tell someone that you disagree with them. In fact, it's, I think it rarely is. Like, especially if someone's voicing an opinion about 
um, about something and you find that you don't agree, um, you don't necessarily need to tell them. You know, you can have an opinion and not share it. Especially if somebody's very strong in their opinion. And, you know, if you think about it, you're like, what would be the point of sharing my opinion at this at this point? In the absence of a constructive goal, I don't think we should usually tell people that we disagree with them. Now, it's possible that there can be a constructive goal. And I think, I think really, I hesitate to say it's the only legitimate reason, but it's probably the biggest legitimate reason to tell someone you disagree is when your goal is to seek the truth. And you can sense that their goal is to seek the truth. In other words, they're expressing an opinion in such a way that they are exploring that opinion. They're wanting to understand the issue better. They want to know if their opinion holds up or not. And you can usually tell if somebody is stating their opinion for those reasons, if they state it in a way that you sense they'd be open to hearing other opinions or other ideas, then that's kind of your cue that it would be okay to say that you disagree. But you will probably naturally frame your disagreement in a way that is cordial and that is seeking the truth if if the other person has has started out that way as well. So there are tons and tons of examples of disagreement that is not constructive. I mean, I would say most disagreement is not constructive. Um, in this day and age, you can just look at comment sections on the internet to see evidence of that. But I remember sharing something some months ago about the public health situation on Facebook. And there was one memorable person who came on the post just to say that she disagreed and it wasn't constructive at all. She just said, what you're saying here is wrong. It's not correct. And I really wish you would research things like this before you post them. And, you know, that was like exhibit A of non-constructive disagreement. It's like, first of all, how do you know I didn't research it before posting it? How do you know it's not correct? And why do you care enough to come on and, and say these things, right? Um, there was just, again, to go back to this point, I didn't see a clear constructive goal from this person. I mean, if her goal was to convince me that you know, I should adopt a different position and she had a laudable reason for for wanting that, then wouldn't she have said more than just one sentence, right? Saying just this is wrong or whatever. Wouldn't she have spelled out exactly what she thought was maybe incorrect about it or what she would add or um, anything, right? Like, a response like that would have been in service to the goal of seeking the truth. 
and just coming on and saying this is incorrect and please research things before you post them. Um, what goal is that serving? Right? What goal is that serving? I, I can't see one. Um, this is a really kind of dumb example, but I've seen it. I've heard about it. When you disagree with a decision someone made in their personal life, I remember reading a blog one time, back when blogs were really popular, um, about somebody asking for advice, wanting to know what they should say to a coworker to tell them that I don't think you should have taken a day off work last week. <laughs> um or that they, they didn't think that their co-worker's reason for taking a day off was a good reason. And my first thought was, why on earth is it necessary to tell them that? This wasn't a situation where they were the supervisor or the manager of this person. Um, and there's just, um, there's no reason to, to share that opinion. What's the, again, what's the constructive goal? What's the goal period of telling someone that you don't think they should have taken a day off work? Um, it's really interesting and mind-blowing some of the situations that people get themselves into for no particular reason other than being reactive. As I think about it, I think this person was maybe upset because they were denied a day off for what they thought was a legitimate reason and then this person got a day off for um, a similar reason but of course that communication was misdirected if if that was if the goal was to find out why someone else was granted a day off and you weren't then you would you would ask that question, you go to a more appropriate appropriate person. Just in general, I think a lot of situations that aren't constructive are when you want to tell someone they handled something badly. When I was thinking about this category of situations where you don't have a, a constructive goal. In general, just telling anyone that they handled something badly is a situation where I think it's better to say nothing. Because if they're a self-aware person who has a conscience, they probably already know that they handled it badly. They're probably aware of that. And if they're not a self-aware person, then they probably won't receive your comment well, right? If they're not um, self-aware, then they, they think they handled it fine. And so what really is the goal of telling someone that they handled something badly? I remember a few years ago, unfortunately, I had to have my cat put to sleep. Obviously, it's always a really sad day when you have to do that with a pet. And um, unfortunately, my experience um, having her put to sleep was not a good one. And I remember wrestling for a while with my feelings about that, about how um, the people at the vet handled it. And um, 
I wondered if I should say something. And then I realized, you know, this point that I'm sharing with you here that, you know, I'm not sure what my goal would have been, you know, of telling them um, that I thought that it wasn't handled well. Um, I mean, you could argue that the goal would be to to help them improve their practice in the future, but in the end, I didn't think that that was really my reason for sharing it, because I could feel how emotionally tied I was to the things I wanted to say, and I think ultimately my reason for wanting to say something was just for, for them to validate how emotionally hurt I was. And ultimately, I didn't think that was a good reason to say something. Um, because, again, going back to point number one, I didn't have a relationship with them. I had for, I had had a, you know, kind of a relationship with them over the years. Um, but since my cat had passed away, I wasn't going to have one with him anymore. So that goes back to point um, number one, when you don't have a relationship with someone or are, are ending it. So in the end, I was glad that I didn't say anything in that situation because I don't think that I had a clear or, or constructive goal. And you could argue that if a business really wants to know how they're how they're doing or how their customers perceive that they're doing, that they will ask, you know, they'll send out surveys or they'll ask you. Um, I've been to doctor's offices and establishments where they have a sign up saying, you know, if you can't rate your experience today as excellent, we want to know about it. And here's who to talk to and everything. So you can kind of tell if, if people are open to that sort of feedback. It's kind of ironic, or maybe maybe it's not ironic, I don't know. But I was reflecting on this the other day, that the best teachers that I had in high school and college were those who always asked for feedback. You know, they sent out evaluations, said, students, please fill this out so I know how I can improve my teaching. And you know, usually I didn't have much to say on my evaluations for those teachers because um, they were so good. And I always found it ironic that the ones who weren't as good weren't asking for feedback because I would have had things to say <laughs> about them. But maybe as I think about it, maybe it's not ironic at all because the, the good ones had probably been asking for feedback for many years and they actually took the feedback on board and that was probably how they became as good as they were. So that's just an interesting aside there. I think there's maybe an exception, maybe a little, little exception to what I just shared. Um, if, if you don't have a particular goal, yet you want to share something I think sometimes if you do have a relationship with someone, you can share how you feel. And you may not necessarily need to have a particular goal for doing that, um, other than just wanting them to know. 
but even then, I think you have to be careful with that because if you think you just want someone to know, I think you have to know why you want them to know. Really, why? What What do you think it'll accomplish? So that's one that I'm still a little bit unsure of what I think. Because in the past, when I've tried to share how I feel with people, that often hasn't gone well. And I think it was precisely because I didn't have a goal for sharing it other than, well, I just want them to know. But I didn't have a vision for what that would achieve for our relationship other than perhaps making them feel as bad as I felt, which isn't really a good goal or a healthy goal. So that is the second category of situations where it's probably better to say nothing at all when you don't have a constructive goal or you have no goal. There's actually a lot more that I could say on that one. That's kind of the meatiest section. But there's always future episodes, right? So I think I'll close out with the third category of situations where it's better to say nothing at all. And that one is a little bit easier to identify. But it's kind of crazy that even even conscientious people will sometimes think they need to say something in these situations. And um, I think it's really not necessary. So this is the category where someone is not acting like an adult. And all of this presupposes that you are talking to adults, right? I know the rules are different for kids. Um, because... If you're a parent, then your kids are your responsibility and you do um, have to school them in proper ways of behavior. And of course, that's not true of other adults. It's not your responsibility to let other adults know what is appropriate behavior and what isn't. So if you're interacting with an adult who is not acting like an adult, that will be a situation where I believe you shouldn't say anything at all. Just save yourself the trouble, right? Because um, it's not your job to try to deal with someone who's not acting like an adult, to let them know that they're being childish or, um, you know, none of that is necessary. Um, it's just not your responsibility. You can kind of absolve yourself of needing to say anything. And a huge category for this one is women who are dating men and obsessing over how to tell a man that something he did was childish or hurt her feelings or whatever the case may be. And um, I'm sure this happens in reverse too. Um, I just know that I'm, I'm more, obviously I'm a part of the community of, of women who are exchanging these kinds of, of stories. Um, for example, Facebook groups or just peer groups where women are talking about how to say certain things to men they're dating or in a relationship with or 
or married to. And some of the things that they're almost obsessing over what to say to him are just situations where I'm like, why would you say anything at all in that situation? That's That behavior is so, like, not okay for an adult relationship that you don't have to say anything. Just why are you even with this person, right? Why are you even giving them the time of day? Now, obviously, everyone has their moments, but I'm talking about situations where it's a pattern um, of immature behavior. Um, so <laughs> this is kind of a dumb one, but I remember seeing an exchange where a woman was just really, um, really upset that this guy would not, um, clean up after himself, would make giant messes in the kitchen or I don't even know where, um, and, you know, she's like, how do I tell him that, you know, this is a huge mess and he needs to clean up after himself? And to me, I'm just like, you don't need to worry about how to say that. Like, adults clean up after themselves. They understand the importance of that. And um, you shouldn't need to worry about how to say to someone that they made a huge mess and it's stressing you out. <laughs> um, so... These things seem really obvious to me, but, um, you know, they, they may not always be obvious to other people. Um, if someone is trying to attack you verbally or start a fight with you or accuse you of things, um, you know, all these kinds of things that aren't constructive and are not really, um, an adult way to handle things, um, then you don't have to explain to them why attacking you isn't appropriate or accusing you isn't appropriate or whatever the case may be. You can just remove yourself from that situation. And, you know, I don't mean in an angry way, of course. I mean just releasing it, right? Just realizing that you don't have to engage with someone who's not engaging with you in good faith. Um, especially if it's someone that you have a relationship with, this is now kind of assuming that you have a relationship with the person, because we already talked about the category of, of situations where you don't have a relationship. Um, if someone has been in a relationship with you for, um, a significant amount of time, um, you know, whatever whatever that may be, I don't know, um, you know, years, multiple years or, or decades, then um, they should know you well enough to, to be able to approach you in good faith, right? To be able to assume that your intentions are good and that you're not trying to hurt them and, and what have you. Um, because just by being in the relationship with you for a number of years or decades, they're kind of, um, they're kind of giving their, their nonverbal, um, affirmation that you're somebody who can be trusted and who has good intentions and so forth. Because if, if they didn't find you to be that way, then why would they be in a relationship with you? Why wouldn't they have cut, cut things off? Right. So, 
this is this is a tough one. I know it's a really tough one because if somebody is accusing you or attacking you, um, the instinct is to want to defend yourself. But I think that's actually counterproductive because by defending yourself, you're giving you're almost giving legitimacy to what they're doing, like saying that it's okay to engage in that way. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not an adult way to handle things. So I believe it's perfectly okay to disengage and to really say nothing at all if somebody is attacking you or accusing you. And, um, what you should do, you know, actually depends on the situation. You know, if it's if it's happening in person, you can just say, I don't think we should talk this way. You know, maybe another time. If it's not in person, if it's written communication, you can simply not respond. I had a really interesting situation recently with somebody I had a business relationship with where um, they sent me something angry and accusatory over email, and I just didn't respond. Um, it stressed me out a bit to read it, but I just didn't respond for, like, I don't know how long, 24 hours? I think it was at least a day. That's a really good amount of time to wait. If somebody has sent you something that's... Um, not not handled in a grown-up adult manner. Um, a day is a really good amount of time to wait to decide if you're going to say anything, and if so, how you're going to handle it. Because if it's somebody who really matters to you and you really matter to each other, what I've seen in my own experience is that somebody kind of flies off the handle like that, a day is about enough time for them to almost realize what they've done and take responsibility for it and kind of just work things out without you having to do anything. So in this case, the person actually came back and said that they were, they were sorry and they realized that what they said wasn't very thoughtfully worded. And, and I said, that's okay, I forgive you. And, you know, we just, it was as easy as that. You know, we moved on. So somebody who's worth being in a relationship with, who actually does handle things like a grown-up the vast majority of the time, is probably going to work things out like that themselves, right? If they ever do have a moment where they do something that's not so thoughtful or not so adult, they will most likely self-correct that if you say nothing and just wait for whatever came over them to pass. There are just so many situations that can be handled in life by giving them a little space and not reacting in the moment. So those were a few of my favorite examples of situations when it's better to say nothing at all. And just to recap, I talked about three categories. 
Number one is when you don't have a relationship with someone. Number two is when your your goal is not constructive or you don't have a goal. And number three is when someone is not acting like an adult. I would love to know what you thought of these examples, if they sparked any ideas for you, if you thought of examples that I didn't mention or categories that I didn't mention of situations when it's better to say nothing at all. I would love to hear from you. You can always message message me on Facebook or connect with me at eleanorstrong.com slash podcast. Um, I always welcome your thoughts, questions, and comments. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Power of Words. That's it for this episode of The Power of Words. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, I would so appreciate it if you gave it a rating and a review. If you have a communication question for me to answer on the show, connect with me at eleanorstrong.com slash podcast. To get my business-related content, follow me on my Facebook profile or subscribe to my business email list at eleanorstrong.com.